Blog Talk Radio. Hey there, Dr. Ross Green, coming to you live from the offices of Lives in the Balance in Portland, Maine. Time for another edition of Helping Behaviorally Challenging Students. Glad that you are listening in today, and today's an educators panel day on our program. Uh, The only problem is we don't have any educators with us just yet. Things happen in schools, of course, during the school day, and we have several very busy principals who join in with us. I know that one, Carol from British Columbia, uh, will not be joining in today. So we are waiting for Tom uh, and Nina from Maine uh, to join in. Um, And I'm sure that they will at some point along the way. Uh, But you know what? We have a question from a listener um, so I'm actually going to start with that. I also want to remind you up front here that of a few things. First of all, no program next week. It's col- what day is it next week? Hold on a second. I got to check this out. Is it Columbus Day here in the United States on yeah Columbus Day on October 14th? So not only will there not be an educators program, there won't be a parents program either. Secondly, uh, you can get reminders that the program is about to go on the air by going to the radio program page on the Lives in the Balance website and clicking where it says, if you want to be reminded uh, that the program is about to go on the air, click here. You'll not only get, you'll get reminded, you'll get a tweet by Twitter. It's the only thing pretty much I tweet about um, Maybe I have other things I could tweet about, but the radio programs are pretty much all I tweet about. Um, One wouldn't want to contribute to the massive amount of um, meaningless tweeting that goes on out there, but I guess meaning is in the eye of the beholder. Um, And the Lives in the Balance annual conference, the what is known as the third annual summit on non-punitive, non-adversarial interventions for at-risk kids is coming up here in Portland, Maine on November 8th. If you can get here, it is going to be quite a day. Uh, Robin Peters Bennett from the U.S. Alliance to End the Hitting of Children is going to kick the day off with her wealth of information about um, what happens to people when non-punitive, when, excuse me, punitive adversarial non-collaborative, unilateral, emergent interventions are applied to them. And no, it ain't good. Um, She will be followed, I am delighted to report right now, by Dan Lozen, who has been one of the uh, key players in these whole school-to-prison pipeline line of research that was originally based at Harvard, now based at UCLA. Um, We are delighted that we have finally learned that Dan will be able to join us on that day, so I am glad to be able to announce that to you now. 
He'll be our second speaker in the morning. I'll be the third speaker in the morning to wrap things up. And then, of course, the afternoon will be comprised of breakout groups, uh, at least until the very end of the day, at which point we will be, um, well, giving people their marching orders on how to advocate for non-adversarial, non-punitive, collaborative, proactive, relationship-enhancing skill-building interventions for at-risk kids where they live. Uh, And we'll also be brainstorming what all of us can do to move that ball forward. That's what the conference will be about. If you don't want to miss that, well, I hope you can make it. Um, I hope you can make it. It is going to be quite a day. Registration is open on the Lives in the Balance website. Just click on the 2013 Annual Summit tab. That tab may move in the next week or two because we are almost about to launch the new version of the website. This has been a work in progress for the last uh, six to eight months. just shows you how long these things take. We still have nine, none of our educators have joined in. Something must be going on uh, in their schools today. So let's turn our attention to the uh, question that I got from um, one of our listeners. Dr. Green, I'm interested in knowing if you have any lesson plans or suggestions for helping students to develop a specific lagging skill. I have worked with teachers to complete an assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems and a plan B. Once the lagging skills are determined, they ask me if there are any procedures used or followed to help the student develop the lagging skill. Great question. Uh, One that I get fairly often. Um, Here's my answer to that question. Um, I think while there are technologies out there for teaching kids some of the skills they are lacking directly, And the person who comes to mind there is my good friend, Michelle Garcia-Winner, whose social thinking model is um, one of my favorites for teaching kids language processing slash communication slash executive slash social skills. Um, And Michelle is very creative in how she does that. And I would call that, in my opinion, the best example of a direct skills teaching model. There are uh, training programs out there for the direct teaching of executive skills as well. And, um, uh, you know, I'm still waiting to be wowed by the data on those, but... There are some things out there for that. But I think that the main way in which um, skills are taught are not indirectly, excuse me, are not directly, but rather indirectly. You're teaching skills when you're doing plan B, especially if you're doing plan B proactively. So here's what I always say about this. Um, Number one, um, there are a lot of skills that are being trained just by doing plain old plan B, irrespective 
of what the lagging skill is that led people to Plan B. Yes, in the empathy step, kids are being helped to learn and practice how to think about their concerns, how to articulate their concerns in words, if they can do that. Um, in the, those are just a few of the skills being taught in the empathy step, and those are crucial life skills. In the define the problem step, uh, the child is learning how to listen to another person's concerns, take another person's concerns into account, plus a whole bunch of other skills. In the invitation, the child is learning to generate alternative solutions, reflect on the likely outcomes of those solutions, reflect on the degree to which the solution addresses the concerns of the other party. A whole lot of skills being taught in the invitation. Irrespective of what specific skill you've checked off on the assessment of lagging skills and unsolved problems, just by doing plan B, you're teaching lots of skills. But you're also teaching some specific skills if you're working on a specific unsolved problem. So the example I usually give is, let's say that Bobby is having difficulty uh, making transitions, shifting from one mindset or task to another. That's the lagging skill. Let's say that uh, one of the unsolved problems flowing from that lagging skill is um, difficulty moving from choice time to math. Let's say we solve that problem with Bobby, uh, hopefully collaboratively and proactively. Um, what has happened? Well, a few good things. Number one, uh, if the problem is solved and we've come up with a realistic and mutually satisfactory solution, um, then there won't be challenging behavior over that unsolved problem anymore, and that's good, but something else has happened. Um, Bobby has now come up with one solution to making difficulty making that particular transition. So at the very least, he has one solution in his making transitions folder in his brain. If you believe, as I do, that brains resemble computers in the way they operate in many ways, Bobby has a solution in his making transitions folder. Is he good at making transitions yet? No, I doubt that that one solution is going to see him through on all the ways in which he's having difficulty making transitions, on all the transitions he's having difficulty making. But he does have one in there, and he'll have two in there after we solve the next problem that involves difficulty making transitions. Over time, Bobby will have a greater repertoire of solutions in his difficulty making transitions folder. And then what we hope happens but may not happen is that Bobby will begin applying those solutions even if the transition is not identical to one in his folder that he has a solution for. 
Now, there are some kids who can do that. There are some kids who can move from a transition on this exact problem, a solution to the transition on this problem, to a using the same solution as applied to a slightly different problem involving difficulty making transitions. They are able to do that. It doesn't have to be the exact problem. They can still think to themselves, well, you know what? This problem is kind of similar to another transition I was having difficulty making that I do have a solution for. Development is happening. This is how we hope kids develop. And so what we've done by doing Plan B is we've given development a jump start. And what we hope happens in development, doesn't always, but what we hope for is that the solutions in a person's repertoire, they will be able to generalize those solutions to problems that are similar to ones that they have dealt with in the past, even if they're not identical to ones that they have dealt with in the past. That's development. Unless that doesn't happen. There are kids that I've worked with who were very concrete, very black and white. And if the problem they were dealing with wasn't identical to one that they had dealt with successfully before and had a solution to before, they still got stuck because they were lacking the skills to generalize from a solution on one unsolved problem to a solution on a similar unsolved problem. What do we do next? Well, we give them the help they need. That's what we always do. We give them the help they need. If that's the problem, um, and, you know, they're likely to let you know that that was the problem. If you were to say to them, uh, you know, um, the solution that you came up with to the moving from choice time to recess unsolved problem might also work on this one, which kind of seems similar now that I'm hearing about it from you, where you're having trouble moving from English to math. And then they might say, yeah, but it's not the same. And then if you say, well, it's similar, it's kind of involving moving, finishing one thing in one place and moving on to another, we'll know that this is not something that's coming easily to them if they then say again, yeah, but it's not the same. One's choice time, I think I mixed up my examples, one's choice time to math, the other's English to social studies. They're not the same then we might have to actually do some additional work and uh, help the kid start to see the connection between one and the other and how the solution that we came up with to one might also work on the other. You're teaching skills when you're doing Plan B. Just remember... It's the unsolved problems that are the primary focus when you're doing Plan B. The skills teaching that goes on in Plan B is indirect because what you're primarily working on uh, when you're doing Plan B is unsolved problems. That's the focal point. You're trying to solving problems collaboratively and proactively means just that, solving problems. Luckily, you're also teaching skills. It's just that you're doing it indirectly. 
The direct teaching of skills is when we're saying we are going to teach that skill in a very direct fashion. We're going to show the child how it's done. We're going to model it. Um, some people would even say we're going to reinforce it. Um, that's fine, but that's direct skills training. I think that a lot of what goes on in Plan B trains a lot of those exact same skills indirectly, and that's good because there are a lot of skills that there is no effective technology for teaching directly. That's why we're going to teach them indirectly. Now, um, I've got this bad feeling that we may not get anybody calling in today. There must be some exciting stuff going on at school today, so I don't know if we're going to get uh, our educators panel, two of our three members calling, and we'll give them a little bit more time. You know, I do have something else on my mind that uh, struck me here. Um, I was just briefly watching something that uh, took place on the Today Show today. I think it was today. Uh, Miley Cyrus was on the Today Show today. And um, Matt Lauer was interviewing her. And um, I thought it was a very interesting interview. I think some of the things Miley's been doing lately have been interesting. And that's not me being judgmental about uh, talent or how she's expressing her talent um, or um, whether these are good career decisions she's making if, if the goal of her recent performances has been to get people talking about her, then she has most assuredly been successful, as she pointed out on the Today Show. Um, it's a month later, and people are still talking about it, so it must have worked, if that was the goal. And she actually said that that wasn't the goal on this interview. Um, she said that it's just her being herself. I thought that was interesting, um, that it's an expression of who she is. That's great. It's an expression of who she is. And her mom was actually in the audience at the Today Show, and she pointed out her mom. And uh, Miley was saying how fortunate she was to have very accepting parents her accepting parents, who just encouraged her to be who she is and that they don't seem to have any problem with her being who she is because that's what they've encouraged all along. She's never been happier because she's never been truer to herself than she is now. And I think that's great. Just one little piece missing for me. There are a few skills that get knocked out of that discussion if all we're busy being is who we are and if all we're busy being is being true to ourselves. And if what we get in return for practically everything we do, and I don't know if this is actually how she was raised, I just know what I heard on the interview, if what we get exclusively in response to us being true to ourselves is acceptance, 
when do we learn the skills of appreciating how we're coming across? Appreciating how our behavior is affecting other people. Being able to take another person's perspective. Caring about the fact that another person has a perspective. What has always fascinated me about my model, collaborative and proactive solutions, is that um, people, when they misperceive the model, they think it means having no expectations and letting the kid do whatever they want. And of course, since I never say that, I'm always surprised at when people come to that conclusion about the model. Because um, we really are talking about two ends of a pole here. Um, with plan A, where you're imposing your will, uh, it's, it's your expectations that the child is meeting, and you're blowing their concerns off the table, and they don't get to be who they are unless they go about being who they are in a way that just causes even greater friction fights, conflict, or, um, and I must say, I probably took this other path. I was, was sort of amazed at people who talked the go-toe-to-toe path since it seemed so inconvenient and so conflictual. I took the, um, well, be yourself, but do it covertly so that the people who want to impose their will on you don't know anything about it. It's another direction that things could go in if, the style of parenting is one that involves heavy doses of plan A. Both are unnecessary, but if we're doing only plan C and we're setting everything aside, and once again, I don't want to draw judgments about how Miley was raised. I just know what she said on the Today show today, and who knows, maybe she was going a bit overboard, but um, pure acceptance of everything the kid does. That's not that's not the goal either. That's a pure plan C approach to things. And um I don't know, maybe in uh, showbiz that flies, but uh, I don't know if it flies in real life and I don't think you do kids any favors by being purely accepting of who they are. Especially if they're doing things that don't reflect well on them. And once again, that's not a value judgment on Miley's recent performances. Um, I have my own opinion about those recent performances, but my opinion about those recent performances are irrelevant to this discussion. The main point is a pure plan C approach to things um, could pan out pretty badly too. Same as a pure plan A approach to things. And, of course, many parents of behaviorally challenging kids and teachers of behaviorally challenging kids do a mix. They set aside a bunch of stuff or they impose their will on the stuff that they want to pick battles on, and that's that's not what this model's about. Real life is a balance between being true to who you are but simultaneously taking the needs and concerns of others into account.
it's give and take. As Dr. Pat Levitt, who I heard speak this weekend up here in Brunswick, Maine at Bowdoin University, um, said, it's, it's sort of uh, using a tennis analogy, serve and return. If all you're doing in a tennis match is serving and no one's returning, you're playing by yourself. But if you want to play tennis, it's give and take, back and forth, serve and return. I spend most of my time talking about why I wouldn't recommend Plan A, imposition of adult will, unilateral problem-solving, uninformed solutions. That's a very good way to communicate to kids, uh, you know, we don't really care who you are. Um, Right now, you are who we say you are. But a pure plan C approach to things, we're good with whoever you are, and how it affects us is not really anywhere nearly as important. That's a pure plan C approach to things. It's 100% Acceptance, boy, there's a lot of skills that aren't going to get taught if we do things that way, and a lot of problems that won't get solved if we do things that way, too. Food for thought. I am convinced that we are not going to hear from our educators panel today, and, uh, well, since the things we were going to do today involve the educators panel, I think we're going to sign off early today and see if we can get the educators panel on before the first Monday of November. No radio programs next week because of Columbus Day, but um, maybe we'll round up the educators panel before the first Monday of November. Talk to you.